How's everybody doing? Good. Hey, thanks for letting me share with you all this morning. It's a, it's a privilege. Um, if you're new with us, I know we said it already, but welcome. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time on your Sunday morning to be with us. I know it's kind of scary coming into a group of like 100 people and you don't know anyone and you're like, how does this work? What, maybe you're new to church, you're not sure kind of what the culture is, you're feeling it out. Thanks for being here. We're glad that you took the time and you got here. I know it's a Sunday morning, you want to sleep in. Um, hopefully that as you spend more time with us, you get the, the sense that you're welcomed here. One of our, our core values is that, uh, that you would belong. And that's our hope, that you would belong uh, and feel that you belong this morning. I remember one time I walked into a church, I was interviewing for a youth pastor position. So I figured it'd be a good idea to actually see what a church service was like uh, after I submitted my application. So I walk into this church and I kind of sneak into the back pew, hopefully going unnoticed. And the church service happens and it was nice, it was fine. Uh, I ended up being at that church for a long time. Uh, But before I could sneak out the back, a gentleman, I think he was, his name was Paul. He was about 79 years old at the time. He grabs a hold of me. He doesn't let me get away. And he gives me a hearty handshake. And he asked me questions about who I am. He didn't recognize me. And so he figured he'd get to know me a little bit. And then Paul invited me to Sizzler after. And that was amazing. My first time in that church. And I leave with a lunch invitation. Paul paid, by the way, which made it even better. Um, <laughs> And that, was, that has never happened to me since, that I'd go into a church the first time and leave with a free lunch. That's, that's marvelous. So just to inspire some of you out there, <laughs> today's message is sponsored by Sizzler. Um, no, but I, I share that to say that, that something, something special happens around a table when you receive an invitation. It's, it's the sense of, of belonging, right? Of, it's almost a, an intimate experience sitting across from someone, seeing how they chew, <laughs> right? There's some vulnerability there. And here, if you're new uh, to church and maybe you haven't grown up in the church, that's fine. We're glad you're here. The way it kind of works in a lot of churches is that we have this, this time where some guy or, or gal gets up and talks about the Bible and then a lot of churches end in this, this commissioning, this blessing, this sending off. And the intention of that is that you would take whatever was shared, whatever was talked about, whatever was sung about, that you would take it into your communities, that you would take it into your schools, into your workplaces, and you would share that. So we do that here. We bless you. You walk out shake a few hands on the way, go to the parking lot, debate what you're going to have for lunch, right? And then you leave. And church is done. And it was a good morning. I'm wondering this morning if we could do things a little bit differently. If your lunch table today, whether that's at your home or somewhere else, if your lunch table could be a continuation of our worship this morning. If this time here, this sermon, could just be a conversation starter, and that the real meat of the sermon, the the podcast-worthy portion of the conversation, would happen in between 
drinks and food and spills and smacking, <laughs> that that's where the real sermon would take place. If, if your table today could be a sanctuary of sorts, I wonder if we could do that. As you read stories about Jesus, you'll find that his dinner tables and the ones he attended, there were happening places. A lot was going on. There was heated conversation and debate. There were miraculous healings that took place. There were uh, opportunities for forgiveness, acts of loving service, and peace. And if everyone's okay with it, I would like to share about one of those meals this morning. Is that okay? Good, because I didn't have a backup plan. (laughs) Uh, If you brought your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 14. Uh, That's what we're kind of going to be looking through, or you can pull it up on your phone. We're also going to have it on the screen here, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, one Sunday... After church, Jesus leaves, and he receives an invitation. And this is a a weighty, important invitation. It's an invitation from one of the top religious leaders of the day. He gets the opportunity to dine with all of the religious elite. And we have to understand that at this time, meals were, were very public. If you went out to lunch with somebody, everybody knew it. And because of that, meals were an opportunity to boost your reputation, to maintain social status, to show that you belonged to a high class. And here, Jesus, I love Jesus. He's so cool. So Jesus goes into this, into this meal. Jesus is practically homeless. I don't know if you know that about him. But he lives off the generosity of his disciples. And he goes into this wealthy, elite religious leader's house to dine. Now, if you read the story, there's some strings attached to this invitation. This isn't just a a friend hangout. Uh, It's more of an interrogation, collecting of of evidence to to maybe convict Jesus. But you know what Jesus is really good at? He's really good at being himself. And so he walks into that meal and just assumes a position of authority. He recognizes an opportunity to impact high religious leaders of those days, and he takes it. And it's a beautiful thing. And as you would assume, a meal with Jesus, it starts off with a bang. So these, these places of dining, uh, it, it would be kind of like a, an open more open setting in, in terms of a housing layout, right? Where uh, you would walk by someone's home and it would be maybe more visible who they spent time with, who they were around the, the dinner table with. It wasn't like the kind of intimate, close the shutters kind of thing that we have in our homes today. And so somehow, maybe because of that open floor plan, this guy in an act of breaking and entering, makes his way to the table. Somebody who did not belong there, had no business being there, he makes his way to the table right before Jesus. 
And this is a man who suffered from edema, which is a symptom of more severe illnesses. It was a swelling of tissue, often your limbs. And it was a sign of maybe heart disease or kidney or liver issues. In this context, this man was sick. He was dirty. You didn't want to touch him, let alone dine with him. And most likely, he brought this illness on himself because of his own sin. That's the view. But it says the man comes through to the dinner table, and Jesus takes him, and he heals him, and sends him away. At the table, someone who did not deserve to be there finds healing and peace. I wonder how often our tables are places of healing, places of inclusion, and places of peace. So Jesus goes on, and he shows us that the table is also a place of storytelling. And he tells this story, if we can get that up here. Here's what he says. Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. And at the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is ready now. Oh, dear. Can't read that. Uh, But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. And another said, I have just been married. Pretty good excuse. Therefore, I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets, the lanes of the town, and bring in the poor the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, what you have ordered has been done, and still there is room. And then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. So in Jesus' story, the main character, in an act of, of wealth and generosity, plans this huge banquet, this huge party. It's a high class event. RSVPs have gone out weeks ago. There's been a head count. The table is set. Everything's ready to go. And one by one, 
people begin to back out. Excuse after excuse. I can't attend. I have to go see the land that I just purchased. Who buys land without looking at it? (laughs) Just curious. (laughs) I have to go try out the oxen I just purchased. You have to test drive those things. You can't just buy an ox without... I don't know. I don't know what it's like buying an ox. The third individual, he doesn't even apologize. He says, hey, I just got married. I don't, I don't think my, sp- my spouse is going to let me kind of dip out early on the reception to, to go to your party. As you read on, you discover that this great banquet, it's a reoccurring theme for Jesus, and it's often a picture of what heaven is like. I know we like to think of the, the golden roads, but it's often just a table that Jesus describes. And so in his story, these characters, they're people that are nearsighted, people that are quick to accept an invitation but don't follow through. They're people who prioritize wealth, people who prioritize their investments, who prioritize work. And at this table, among religious elites, Jesus shares that there's an invitation that is more valuable, more pressing than the most intimate of your relationships. And it's an invitation to dine with God. And so in this story, the host, the main character, there's a shift that happens. That this elaborate meal, this great demonstration of his wealth and status changes to an opportunity for hospitality, an opportunity for welcome and inclusion. And the very guest list is flipped upside down where those who are marginalized and excluded are now the included honored guests and the original recipients of the invitation are nowhere to be found. God's table, God's table, contains some unexpected guests. And so Jesus, he breaks his storytelling format. And he speaks directly to this host, the one who's invited him generously at his table. And he says to the host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor Invite the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Church, 
When you have a meal, invite the poor, the former resident of our riverbeds, the military vet that just can't get on their feet, the drug user who's numbing and escaping something that you can't even comprehend. When you have a meal, invite the crippled and the lame, those who know what it's like to live with autism or Down syndrome or Williams syndrome, those who experience every day the tension of living with cerebral palsy or an intellectual disability, those who know what it's like to live with ALS or muscular dystrophy, When you have a meal, invite the blind and the deaf. Invite those individuals who, because of their bodies, society assumes that they're unemployable. Invite those individuals whose only sense of friendship that they experience is those who get paid to be present with them. Invite. And maybe all this talk of, of a table, maybe it's more than just a meal. Maybe the table can represent the whole of our lives that Jesus asks the question, who are you opening your life up to? Are you seeing the person next to you? Or are you siloed off so focused on your destination and reaching your goals and achievements that you're missing the very people that should be invited to come and dine with you? Jesus shares that when you invite those in the margins of society that should be in the center of society, You won't be repaid, but you will be blessed. When you reach into the margins of society, you'll find people who won't snatch the bill because you paid last time. You won't be repaid in flattery because you're sitting across the table from someone society applauds. You won't be repaid in comfort for dining with someone who looks like you thinks like you, talks like you, acts like you. When you seek repayment, you expect a rapid return on your investment. And Jesus is calling us to something different. When we seek repayment, we're caught up in the world's vision of justice, that it's a a cycle of flattery where the powerful stay powerful. And the weak And the struggling remain oppressed. And they encounter boundaries where they struggle to find places of hospitality. Instead, Jesus calls us to seek blessing. To seek blessing is to commit to seeing the face of God and the person sitting across from you. When we seek blessing, we receive the gift of friendship. And those friendships are often reminders of God's kindness to us. 
When we seek blessing, we slow down long enough to be fully present. Pastor John, last week, made the statement that what if interruptions could be invitations? You can't say stuff like that. (laughs) You know how many interruptions I had this week? (laughs) We have to slow down because we're missing people. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. If the worship team could come up and join me. I've shared with some of you a little bit about what I do uh, I, I live in a community for people with and without disabilities, living together in what we hope are mutually transforming relationships. That's our goal. And within this faith-based community, we kind of have the, uh, a mission that we feel it's our responsibility to share this message. And it's that every life is unique, is precious, and is sacred. Every life is unique, it's precious, and it's sacred. Think of UPS to remember that. That you're unique. There is no one who is like you. You're special that you're precious, that you are more valuable than you give yourself credit for. And the world is better with you in it. And you're sacred. You are not a mistake. You're a gift from God and a living reminder of his love and his goodness. And if that's true for you, it's true for the people next to you. Let me pray. Loving God, we thank you that you've extended an invitation to dine with you, that you have welcomed us at your table so that we can turn and welcome others. I pray this morning that you would guide us into creatively thinking how we can invite others, how we can extend hospitality to the very people that lack it. God, help us to see those in the margins, help us to see those others forget, and help us to remind them and share with them the love that you have. We love you so much. We thank you. In Jesus' name.